so I have it on my heart uh, as we move into the year end of 2022, and we're very close to next Thursday, which is uh, Thanksgiving, uh, 1621. Uh, there was the beginning of a, a celebration that uh, started with the, col- the colonies. Uh, the colonists in New England regularly observed what they called Thanksgivings. And these, these were days of prayer for such blessings as uh, military victories, safe journeys, abundant harvest. Uh, the definition in the Oxford Dictionary for Thanksgiving is the expression of gratitude, the expression of gratitude. For the purposes of this message, it's an attitude of gratitude, but it has to be expressed. Don't just carry it and not say it. Uh, it's to God uh, by uh, the religious refugees from England, the pilgrims, who had a successful harvest after a very tough year. You guys remember in school where the pilgrims sat with the Native Americans and broke bread and had food and they brought things to each other. The, the pilgrims grew grow crops uh, or row crops and the Native Americans brought their, their game that they had caught and it was freezing cold, there was a lot, a lot of loss, but in the midst of that they just wanted to stop instead of being bitter or cynical or regretting that they had, had left the comforts and confines of the, the old world. They were grateful that in spite of the challenges in 1621, that God brought them through. And um, so there's a lot to gratitude. And, and, um, you know, I I just, I want to go to Romans chapter 1 because I want to show the uh, contrast of a life without gratitude. I feel sorry for atheists because when they see one of these sunsets in Missouri, they have no one to give thanks to. You know, it's, it's like, it's a pretty hollow existence in my opinion. And in fact, Romans chapter 1, Paul the Apostle talked about unbelief and its con- consequences. And he, he talked about how excited and happy he was that he was going to get to bring the gospel to the Roman, the, the very epicenter of the Roman Empire, Rome itself. And he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel the good news of Jesus, because it, in fact, is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. When you believe, the lights go on. Uh, there's power that works toward us who believe. I have a belief system, and it's, it's rooted in the Judeo-Christian Bible. I believe God inspired it, protected it, and preserved it and brought it to us intact so we could have a faithful guide for life and conduct. The Bible tells us who God is, It tells us that we're made in his image. It clears up four big deals right off the bat. Our origin, we didn't just accidentally happen. In the beginning, God created. And our identity, he said he's let us make man in our image. Male and female, he created us. So we have an identity. Uh, We're made in his image and in his likeness. Origin, God created us. Uh, Identity, we're made in his image. Uh, purpose. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Conform to the image of Jesus. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So we've, we've got origin. We've got identity. We've got purpose. And we've got destiny. Destiny. 
We have a destiny, and that root word is also for destination. We're going somewhere. We're not just aimless in life, right? There's, a, there's a, the purpose that God has for people that adhere to him and f- flow with him, and, and, and it's amazing. Um, you have these babies, you know. We, this is our first grandchild, Lyric. Uh, she was born six years ago. And, uh, but, you know, bef- the Bible says, actually, before she was formed in her mother's womb, God knew her. And that she's fearfully and wonderfully made. And how about this? She's eternal. It's a trip. You know, it's not, it's not just this fatalistic kind of, you know, this is it and there's no life after death. Or Jesus would have told us there's no life after death. And Jesus would have said, no, there's no life after death. So live your lifespan, your 70, 80, 90, 100, 120 years, however long you live. Uh, 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 and then just enjoy it, and then because eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you'll die, and it's nothing. You go into oblivion. He, he would, had that been true, Jesus would have definitely communicated that because he was either one of three things. He was either uh, a liar or uh, a lunatic, but we know him as the Lord. He's, he was not a liar. He didn't lie at all, and he wasn't crazy. He was sound, and in fact, he is the King of kings, and he's the Lord of lords, and in fact, when Thomas said, we don't know what to do. We, we, I don't know about my origin. I don't know about my, my uh, purpose. I don't know about my identity, and I don't know about my destiny. And Jesus said, uh, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Yeah. Jesus died on the cross for people of every nation. Our staff worked meticulously to make sure we used to have a a flag for Zaire and then Zaire became the Congo so Zaire is no longer a nation so we had to take that one down and get the new flag to make sure we're current so we are current um, with all the nations up in the ceiling in this building so that we're reminded that the nations uh, are are all uh, people for whom Jesus died and the gospel is to go out and permeate all these nations, right? So I got to say happy birthday in Albanian to Pastor Dritan today. And tomorrow it's his wife's birthday. They're preaching at a Bible school in Albania today. And uh, they, they're really doing good in God. And uh, so the nations are being reached. The gospel is going forth. And I said this a few weeks ago, but you need to go to the post office and get your passport updated. How many of you have an updated passport? How many of you need to update your passport? How many of you never got a passport and now all of a sudden at church somebody's telling you to get a passport? (laughs) It's, It's a good investment. Because, look, if God tells you to go to one of the nations and you don't have your passport, guess what? You can't go. But if God does tell you to go to the nations and you have a passport, that's a possibility you could go, right? So that's one step toward going to all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Boy, that's good. You say, Pastor Jeff, you mean that this local church is a sending station? Yes. Is this a home base in Chesterfield from which to reach the nations of the world? Yes. Is this a teaching center? Yes. A worship center? Yes. A revival center? Yes. A healing center? Yes. It's all of the above. And Jesus and his gospel go into a a person's life and turns one state and one condition into another. He turns sinners into saints. He turns empty people into into people that are fulfilled. He turns weary people into strengthened people. He turns confused people into focused people. Right? 
He, breaks, he takes dysfunctional situations and teaches us how to be functional. He always causes us to triumph. Nevertheless, the human dilemma here is, it says in chapter 1 of Romans, verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. It's really unfortunate where the world is headed. And that's why we're here as believers on the earth to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Because that which is known of God is about God is evident within them, but God made, for, because God made it evident to, to them. So God is revealing there's evidence that demands a verdict, and even though people are ignoring it and turning a blind eye and a deaf ear. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. So creation declares the glory of God. You go to the Smoky Mountains or the Tetons or the Sierras or, or the Rockies or even the Ozarks, you see the beauty of the rolling hills and undulating hills or the trees turning or the beauty of a waterfall or just the amazing sound of a child's voice and that you, you, you yet ignore it when in fact all of it is a beacon of indicator that there is a God, there is a God, he loves us, he cares for us, he's provided for us. Even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God. Look at this, or give thanks. Look up here. This ungrateful attitude is wicked in the eyes of God. And the only cure for not honoring God and not being thankful is to honor God and to be thankful. <laughs> Write it down, man. This is getting good now. Because God wants us to honor him as God and give thanks. He said they wouldn't give thanks. But, and look what happened as a consequence of refusing to honor God or being thankful. They became futile in their speculations. And their foolish heart was darkened. There's so much speculation, and it's futile speculation. You know, with the advent of the, of the, uh, the, the uh, printing press and then the radio waves and the, the information superhighway, they, keeps, they keep adding lanes, fast lanes on the information superhighway. Their original reason for the information age and the, and the information uh, uh, tracks was to know God and make him known. But then all kinds of other clutter has come in to crowd out and vie for the attention. Futile speculations. Futile speculations. And, um, and the thing that God really wants us to do is honor him and give thanks. There's such a, a rarity of honor in the earth today that if we as believers can just learn how to honor, honor our elders, honor those in authority over us, Honor uh, uh, is, is such a way of life. It's, it's to be a core culture of the kingdom, but it's very, very rare in the earth. But it should be rampant amongst us. And also, the giving of thanks. Um, let, let's, if, you, if you're a note taker, I've got a bunch of really good scriptures for you. Uh, number one, Psalm 100, verse four. Uh, here's what it says there. It says, we are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. I think the 
responsibility we have as believers is to carry thanksgiving in our hearts before, during, and after everything we do. You say, Pastor Jeff, it's Friday before Thanksgiving. Why are you teaching a Thanksgiving message? Aren't we having a night of Thanksgiving, a night of giving thanks next Friday? Yes. But we're to be thankful 24-7, 365. Now go back there and see if you can help them get the computer going so we can have the scriptures. There it is. Okay. It got done. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Um, Years ago, I heard somebody who really was competent with the subject of prayer They talked about how you don't give thanks until the end of your prayer. I didn't agree with that because um, I think giving of thanks should precede all of our prayers. It should go on all during our prayer time. It it should uh, continue after our formal prayer has ended. Uh, True thanksgiving is a continuous expression of gratitude to God uh, for his constant blessing in our lives. And that's why I, I love living in a country where the, the Christian refugees that left the, the old world and came to the new world on the Mayflower um, set a precedence for it. You know what? We're going to give thanks. This has been a really harsh time, but we're going to stop and pause and we're going to give thanks. Right? I have it in my mind. Those Guys with the silver buckles on their shoes and their big, broad black hats, their muskets, you know, their contrasting uh, uh, ties and, you know, their tights and stuff. Men in tights. I'm just thinking about it, you know, and the ladies with the hoop skirts and the Native Americans and they're working together. They're, they're actually, there's history precedents that they actually cooperated with and cared for one another. We want to see that, don't we? And in a constant stream, so I, I start my prayer, thank you, God, that you hear and you answer my prayer. In fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it says, uh, I, I exhort you, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made on behalf of all men. We are to uh, give thanks uh, and be thankful. Be thankful. Can I just translate this for a minute? Uh, to practical things. I will in a second, but I want to read these verses to you. If you're a note taker, here's some really good ones. I gave you Psalm 100, verse 4. Next one I want to look at, I think, is paramount in the New Testament. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says this about thanksgiving. This is trippy right here. It says, in, it says Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In everything, give thanks. Now, the pilgrims in 1621 gave thanks in what was a very uh, harsh and difficult season. And it reminds me, and uh, you don't have to turn to this, but just a quick reference Uh, In James, the book of James, it says in verse 2 of chapter 1, Consider or count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Uh, This is another way of saying, count it all joy, consider it a joy, rejoice, give thanks. Um, 
And I, and I want to I say this out of this verse in 1 Thessalonians. In everything, give thanks. is different from thanking God for everything. Oh, you punched me in the face. Thank you for punching me in the face. No, I'm not going to thank somebody for punching me in the face. I'm going to say, thank you, God, that in the midst of this, you're my healer, you're going to heal my face, and I forgive, thank you that you're helping me to forgive this person who was just a jerk, uh, but I'm not going to thank them, they punched me in the face. Thank you for punching me in the face. Thank you, God, for the flood of 93. Thank you so much for flood, or thank you for Katrina flooding and ruining so much in New Orleans. Thank you so much. No, that's, to me, ludicrous and inconsistent with my belief system about how absolutely good God is. What it is, is it's a fallen world, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one, and things including uh, earthquakes and weather systems are all under the fall of man, and that's why it's so unfortunately skewed, but yet in everything we give thanks. In everything. Thank you, God, that even in this flood, you're going to show us what to do. You're going to give us wisdom, because it says that later on in James. Some of you could say, you know, I'm embarrassed about some of the things that happened to me in my childhood. And, 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 and you don't, and you, I can't thank God for those things. You can thank God that, in, that you're still here, yeah. that you just heard me say this, and that you're surviving. Yeah. And even if you're in denial or you've repressed it and you haven't completely faced it and you're in the midst of a healing process, thank God he knows about your situation. He knows where you just sort of numbed yourself, and, you're, and he knows how to walk you through it and restore you. And because we are all predestined, he said, whom he foreknew, he also did predestined to conform to the image of his son. One of the big, I talked to you about origin, identity, purpose, and destiny. He has planned for a people to conform to the image of his son, Jesus. That's why life is so doggone tough. Because we're going through trials and fire because he's refining and preparing us for further kingdom duties out in eternity. It's awesome. And we're coming through it. We lose somebody young. It's not, we don't thank you, God, they died young. No, God, thank you that they were in, they're in heaven. And thank you that you're bringing healing to us. And thank you, you have answers beyond what I could figure out here. And I'm not going to seek for all the detailed answers right now. I need to seek you. And I trust eventually you'll show me stuff and whatever you want me to know. Uh, uh, but here's what it says. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will. How many of you want to be in God's will? In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And it says, don't quench the spirit. I think thankfulness, gratitude, um, facilitates a flow of the Holy Spirit. I think, how many of you want to see amazing things happen in, in, in your life? You want to see our country get out of the pit it's in. You want to see the nations that are closed off, open to the gospel and receptive. In my lifetime, Gorbachev and Reagan worked together and opened up the doors to Eastern Bloc nations, and the gospel's gone in there. That's why Drayton and Ina are preaching in Albania. Albania was one of the most closed nations in my lifetime, the most, most atheistic place, and to God be the glory, the Lord used these two gentlemen that were actually called and weren't in a bunch of crazy, crazy self-centered head trip uh, just to amass wealth and be powerful, but they actually, God had his hand on them, we pray, we get leaders that come along that do that and don't just enrich themselves and lie. You know, we're believing God. We, we trust God for it. But God occasionally will bless us 
When the righteous rule, the city rejoices. And when people come along that God's destined, man, that's a good thing. So we want to pray and believe God we get those. But whether we do or not, we count it all joy because we know we are to, in everything, give thanks. Thank you, God. This just provides a contrast then. Thank you, God. This is making it clear where things are really at. Right? Uh, Let's go to number three, Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15 says it this way about about thankfulness. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. You want to know what your goal is tonight? Let peace rule as the umpire in your heart. Just be thankful. I drove, in, I drove up to one of the drive throughs to get a sandwich. There was a guy on the intercom that just was present. He was thoughtful. He was patient. He was clear. He wasn't mumbling. He answered my questions. He answered my wife's questions because I knew what I wanted, but she wanted to get some questions. He was like, oh, and he was cool the whole time. He didn't lapse into any kind of sarcasm. He meant it. He was sincere. Yeah, so I was like, I was, I was embarrassed. I was like, come on, you know. He was cool. So we pulled up. I asked the lady at the counter, I said, um, you know, this was earlier on, so everybody's masked up, everybody's, you know, distanced. They've closed, things have closed. There aren't as many workers and all that. I said, um, you know the guy that was on the intercom? Yeah. Uh, is he in there? Yeah. Can I talk to him? Yeah. So they thought I was going to complain. Because that's, I guess, what everybody thinks when you're wanting to call on, I need to talk to somebody. Where, you know. So he, this guy, <laughs> he pops his head around the corner. And, and uh, are you the guy that was on the intercom? Yeah. I'm telling you, man, that was amazing. Thank you very much. He was, he was, he was like cool jazz, wasn't he? I mean, he was like a cool breeze. Well, yeah. But I, I thought, you know, he's gone to the effort of being courteous and doing his job with such commitment, I want to go out of my way to say thank you to him, right? And they expected me to complain. They thought, oh, they were braced. And even the lady went, you know, she had her mask on, but she went, you know? And um, I think we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, and uh, which indeed, indeed you were called in one body, and be Thankful. Be, look, look up here. Be thankful. Be thankful. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. In everything, give thanks. What happened in Romans? They did not honor God as God, nor did they give thanks. You feel ingratitude. And ingratitude uh, cultivates a, 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 it's a narcissistic, self-centered, weird conclusion in life. Uh, pe- people who are ungrateful tend to be characterized by an excessive sense of self-importance, arrogance, vanity, and an unquenchable need for admiration and approval. People who are ungrateful tend to be characterized by an excessive sense of self-importance, arrogance, vanity, 
and an unquenchable need for admiration and approval. Narcissists reject the ties that bind people into relationships of reciprocity. Narcissists reject the ties that bind people into relationships of reciprocity. They expect special favor and feel no need to pay back or pay forward. That is the opposite of the great commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And, and pray, pray for your enemies. And there's, load, there are, there's unfortunately, wagon loads of, of, of evil for evil verses. Uh, Psalm 35, 12, they repay me evil for good and leave my soul forlorn. They repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. If a man pays back evil for good, evil will never leave his house. There's such a condition present in the world. And God's called us not to conform to this world. If we're not careful, we could take on its characteristics. And God has called us out of darkness to show forth his marvelous light and proclaim the excellencies of him and, um, and be thankful. Hallelujah. You know, I was in Kosovo and... Um, my, my driver, what was his name? He went to work in the airport, airport in Tirana. Julian. Julian. And Julian, I had to have a white card at the customs when I came through Skopje, Macedonia, and then came into uh, Kosovo. And we drove all over the place. There were bridges blown up, so we had to drive up through the mountains. And he was really afraid because there were snipers killing his people. And I said, why are you upset? He goes, well, because they've been shooting people up here. And it's like, well, why did you drive up here then? You know, so anyway, I still never got the answer on that. But we got back to the airport, and I didn't have my white card. I had turned it in at a, at a, at a uh, checkpoint, and then they didn't give it back or something. So I was standing at the airport, and they said, where are your papers? You know, the Eastern Bloc, they're really into bureaucracy. So it's like, where are your papers? And I said, my papers? And I and I. Oh, well, here's my passport. Well, where's your white card? And I went, and then Julian went, I think, didn't he go spend the night in jail or something that night or something? I don't know. But he, they, they called him off. It's like, see you later, Julian. <laughs> Whatever. But then a guy walks up to me with a name tag, and on his name tag it says, Angel. Yeah, that was cool. You know how thankful I was for Angel. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He goes, we would take care of this. And, he, and the lady was like, bureaucratic and rules keeper. A- Angel's coming in as my arbiter, and he's like, no, nah, and he had my back, and they let me go. I'd, obviously, I'm here. I'm not at the airport. <laughs> By the way, they smoke uh, oil-soaked 1940s cigarettes that they dug up after World War II or something. And I mean, the atmosphere, remember that secondhand smoke? Oh, man, no, air, no, no circulation. But I'm thankful, though. I don't want to be griping. See how easy it was for me to start griping about that? I got delivered by a guy named Angel, and then I'm complaining about the cigarette smoke in there. See what I mean? This is why, we got, this is why I'm, pre- I'm preaching this to myself. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Uh, and since you're members of his body and, and you were called to peace and be thankful. Uh, Colossians 1.12 says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you 
to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Just giving thanks. See, and that's up front. It's before, it's giving thanks to the Father. Go back to the beginning of that verse on the screen. Giving thanks to the Father. Thank you, Father. And then you find out later, you qualified me to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. See? So I say we start, we, we fill in the middle, and we end with uh, always expressing thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Please and thank you. Please and thank you, right? My brother-in-law, Wayne, was having a meal with this lady and her son, and they were, uh, you know, in the, the she had cooked a home-cooked meal, and the kid um, said, uh, I, I want the salt. And he said, Wayne said, well, what's the magic word? And the kid looked up at him and said, abracadabra? <laughs> right? The magic word, I, we were talking to a lady at Walgreens across the street, and she said, I'm old school. And it's basically, please and thank you. Please and thank you. And I remember the imperative we had during vacation Bible school with, um, you know, the core of our church kids, but then a lot of conscientious parents from all walks of life were funneling their kids here because it was, you know, uh, enjoyable and, and it was safe and it, was, uh, it had variety. And, you know, we made sure that Jesus was the center of all of it. But we found that we had to teach them fundamentals about looking each other in the eye, shaking hands. Um, there's fresh discussion about a work ethic and an attitude of like a concept about work as, as, as such a significant, uh, joyous part of living. I thrive on productivity. I thrive on achievement. So I'm always looking for something I can do every day that translates into uh, a positive direction. You know, just you know, sitting and sulking uh, does not a good life make. And this is an invitation where it says that they, the, the world wouldn't honor God as God. They did not honor him as God or give thanks. Imagine, God has been so gracious and there's no reciprocity, there's no thanks. I've seen this in the church and outside the church, this narcissistic personality disorder, it, it could be a literal mental illness or it could just be this pervasive attitude where there's such a sense of self-importance or entitlement, uh, arrogance, vanity, and unquenchable need for admiration and approval. I've seen it. It's almost impossible to pastor somebody like that. They're never, the eyes of a man are never satisfied. The cure for this is repenting, shutting up, and offering up thanksgiving 24 hours a day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, people. Thank you, guy in the drive-thru. Thank you, people that pick up my trash. Thank you, AT&T guy that tried to fix my wiring. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Roll down the window. Thank you. Thank you. Just And mean it, though. Not, not insincere sappiness, because then that, that's not real, but we, we offer up an attitude of gratitude. Uh, Deuteronomy 8.10 says, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. One time, my son Kingston said, Hey, if we just pray a one-time prayer over our food for the rest of our lives, does that cover it? And I've eaten in some places in the world, and I've been served some things, and I didn't, it was questionable what it actually even was. So I want to be praying on top of that, Day by day, moment by moment, meal by meal. And I just want to always, always, 
offer up thanksgiving. Let's, let's, let's look at an example. I'm, I'm, I'm going to close with an example from Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, to me, is such a compelling argument in the ministry of Jesus about the contrast between just getting something from God and running off and not, and, or, or turning around and really recognizing, hey, I want to honor you as God and I want to give you thanks. Chapter 17, verse 11. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men, people with leprosy, who stood at a distance, met him. Ten leprous men who stood at a distance. This is social distancing here. This isn't just six feet away. This isn't. This is a literal communicable disease, and society has ostracized these people with this condition. But yet they see him, and they, 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 they raise their voices so he could hear them saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, apparently these guys, with what was happening around Jerusalem, Samaria, and Galilee, a word of him spread and, and that he was bringing good news and that the people were being delivered from demonic influence, lives were being straightened out, bodies were being healed. These guys had this disease which was so harsh and when they saw him and they, they, they knew he was there, they, they, they yelled, they raised their voices, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. The, if you read in the, in the book of Leviticus chapter 14, all the whole chapter, 1 through 32, it gives technical detail about what you're supposed to do. If you have leprosy, you have to go to the priest. The priest was kind of like a MD, paramedic kind of person that would analyze where the condition was, was it still alive, was it dormant, was it healed? And so he, you know, Jesus full of compassion, Jesus with healing power, he says to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And they were, as they were going, they were cleansed. They were cleansed. Now one of them, everybody say one of them. When he saw that he had been healed, turned back glorifying God with a loud voice. He turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, at Jesus' feet. I just love this. Giving thanks to him. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And he was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. He wasn't even Jewish. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? I feel like the Lord's looking on society and he's, he's saying, hey, I love you guys. I've been so for you. I've been with you. I've helped you through. Where are you? Where are you? He says, was no one found who returned to give glory to God? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God, except this foreigner? And this happened with the 
centurion who was a Gentile, the Syrophoenician woman who had the child that was vexed by evil spirits. Such gratitude. And um, they weren't under the law, you know, but so I guess they weren't just so caught up in legalism. And nor should we be. We, we, we are, we, I think the takeaway from this meeting tonight is, in everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Look, the guy, the AT&T guy, they came for three days. They came, they couldn't fix it. They came again, they couldn't fix it. They came the third day, they couldn't fix it. Then they finally told me, we couldn't upgrade you because you don't have fiber optic cable and you need to get with your neighbors and you know, have a meeting and get them to bring fiber optic to your house. And it was like, I thought that with all the money we've been paying over the years, you guys as a company could use that to expand your company, you know. But I didn't. This guy's name is John. He's a single dad. has four kids. His 15-year-old wrestles. He's 250 pounds, six feet one. So I asked the dad if he wrestles with his son. He says, I try to avoid that. <laughs> and so immediately I said, well, thank you for letting me know that. Thank you for trying he came out in 30-degree weather. He tried everything he could. And instead of, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. He's not AT&T. He's John who works for AT&T. Right? If you know the powers that be at AT&T, tell him I'd like to talk to him. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to take it out on John, right? Right? And... Uh, and, and, and when you show mercy, you'll be shown mercy. Who would like to have some mercy, mercy shown you? Then, then we sow it. As a man sows, so shall he reap. But this, what Jesus said here is, verse 18, was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. And he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. And... Um, I just, I just feel like there's a, a catalyst, a key um, for us to stay out of murmuring, grumbling, ingratitude. And it's this invitation to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That's what I appreciate about praise and worship in church. It gets me off of my stuff that I've been dealing with and gets my mind fixed on him. It gets me out of introspection and it gives me someone to focus on and give thanks for too. And, uh, and aren't you thankful? I mean, what are some of the myriad of things we could be thankful for? That there is a God. Thank you, God, that you exist. Thank you for revealing yourself to me. I was so clogged up and confused. You revealed Jesus to me. Thank you for sending laborers to cross my path who prayed for me and communicated the gospel and witnessed to me and had power from the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you could unclutter our lives and you can get us and advance the cause of Jesus. Thank you, God, we live in a moment where we can see, you know, here we are hundreds at this point, what, 400 years later from 1621, 401 years later from the first pilgrims and, and the Native Americans coming together, thanking God for the bounty and that they made it through the terrible winter. So many died, but yet some lived. Aren't you thankful for the seeds of that? Well, the idea of this, the Samaritan guy going, I am so thankful that you just delivered me from this horrific disease that kept me isolated and bound up. 
I'm just so thankful to you. Thanksgiving. It should precede our prayers. We should be thankful going into a situation. Thank you, God, that you're going to take care. My wife asked me to agree with her. She was making a phone call. She said, agree with me. And thank you. I just tend to say, thank you, God, that I'm even able to bring prayer to you. Right? So when this person said, you don't thank God until the end of it, because it's like, what? What? No. Thank God preceding. Thank God during. Thank God. And, and, and thank God at the end. And thank God when your formal prayer is over and you're walking around thanking God. Thank you, Jesus. Right? In everything, give thanks. Let's all stand up on our feet. Thank you for listening tonight. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's have the best thankful weekend and best Thanksgiving Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Let's just, let's just end with a great thankful song. Just thanking God, thanking him for what he's done, thanking him for who he is. Uh, remember, the human dilemma is they did not honor him as God or give thanks. And the wrath of God was aimed on that. But yet, we're going to offer up an expression of thanks. Paul said, I would everywhere that men would lift up hands without doubting. And uh, this is the international sign of surrender. So with no one moving around, every head up, every eye open, just for this moment of reverence, if you're here tonight and you've never dedicated your life to Jesus Christ, and this is information you're, you're appreciative of, but you want a complete picture with, you want to really know the Lord, I want to tell you, today is the day of salvation. Jesus said that if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. So there's a necessity to out ourselves and acknowledge Jesus. In all our ways, we acknowledge him and he'll direct our paths. When I was lost at sea in New Zealand, I had to reach out and allow the guys to pull me out of the water. I was exhausted, I was lost, and I had, was totally dependent on the people rescuing me. I'm telling you, Jesus is the rescuer. When that Samaritan leper got healed, he was so grateful, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and profusely thanked him. How many of you are here and you're saved and you're thankful for salvation? It's an amazing miracle that the lights went on in your life. Now, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, and you want Jesus to come into your life tonight, while everybody's hands are up, I want, to, I want you just to wave your hands. Anybody that's never surrendered your life to Jesus, you say, pray for me, I wanna get saved. I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. You say, Pastor Jeff, I have gotten where I need a rededication moment. So here I am, I'm, I'm rededicating tonight. Wave your hands and say, man, tonight I'm rededicating. I'm submitting, I'm, I'm reverent before God. I'm open to God. I want his will to be done. Now say this with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for taking my burden and all my harshness and all my darkness onto Calvary and suffering and dying on my behalf so I could have the hope of eternal life. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to be the King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to enrich and empower my life. By the grace of God, 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He has made me more than a conqueror. And I trust Him for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.